Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mike in Bed. I'm Josh. <laughs> I'm Jasmine. And it's uh, we're a couple weeks into 2024. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you want some more of it? I feel like I sound like Anthony Fantano. What? Does he say it's, that? Yeah, well, at the end of his reviews, he's like, tell me what you thought of it. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you think it was overrated? And like things like that. Oh, I know. Um, he gets crap sometimes for his reviews. Oh, he knows that too. Does he yeah. find joy in it? I think so because he has this thing, like, I think it's on TikTok where he goes up to random people, I guess. He, I think he lives in Connecticut and he goes up oh, to he random does? people. Nice. And uh, he'll be like, so uh, what'd you think? What was my worst take? He'll say that and they'll, they'll say the worst take and then they have a good laugh over it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. For those not in the know, Anthony Fantano reviews music and he's my favorite music reviewer. The internet's busiest music nerd. Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> how was 2024 your is going fine, though. That was the original question. And yes. then somehow we got into it. Somehow this. we got. <laughs> um, my week, it's, it's been interesting. Um, new job role and just yeah. adjusting High to five that. High five for that. And... Boom. <laughs> new job role. Um, adjusting to that and also just adjusting I feel like everyone, it's like January comes and everyone's like, new year, new me. Yep. And so everyone's trying to like be different and do different. And it's just like, girl, you're going to be the same person in like three, three weeks. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> that shine. Why are you making me like pretend like <laughs> things going to change? It goes <laughs> so, real quick. <laughs> so I'm just trying to also adjust to like those, those people. Luckily, I don't have a lot of those people. Most people that I'm friends with kind of just like, yeah, I'm just going to try not to get in any shit. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everyone's just trying to survive at this point um you could see though on all the social how um new year's resolution industries are really trying to capitalize off that that new year's glow like i keep seeing this ad for this green beverage that all these like female influencers are drinking and they're like if you're bloated ever Oh, drink this i've seen that at target i think i know what you're talking about it's yeah. called balloon something like that yeah yeah and they just drink. i don't it know what awful. that is looks like swamp water i'm always just like if you want to just drink something that helps your like gut maybe just try making some green juices or some green smoothies that have a lot of good stuff in it well that thing is like out. a green like atomic mixture of also, something like you're gonna bloat if you're eating a lot of carbs <laughs> So if you're trying to like not bloat with an eaten pizza, like yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> don't make a lot of sense. So maybe just think about that. Like yeah. if you kind of remove certain foods from your body that doesn't treat it well, you probably would reduce bloat just from doing that. Yeah. But you know, you can always try the elimination method and see what happens instead of drinking weird green powdered juice. Yep. <laughs> so yep (laughs) (laughs) that you assume is good for you so that's that's what i've been seeing on instagram yeah i've i've kind of just been seeing people acknowledging that the past few years since the pandemic has been an adjustment for everyone yeah and that people are just hoping for a better year i haven't seen people going too crazy being (laughs) like everyone's goals seem reasonable I think it just shows like how we're all trying. Like I said, it's like a survival thing right now. We're all trying to get back to what we knew as normal 
but is yeah. it ever really going to be back to that way? Like, there's just some things I think have changed so much that we're still adjusting a little bit to it. And it doesn't help if, you know, if you're in the U.S., like, the economy's not that great right now. So no. some people are just still financially struggling, and yep. we're just supposed to pretend like people aren't. And yep. groceries still cost a shit ton of money. and Layoffs just left and right. Layoffs everywhere, and <laughs> we're just supposed to be like, it's the new year. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. It didn't really change much, but yeah. But um, so there's all of that, and so I've just seen people being like, "I'm just gonna try to survive." <laughs> remember though, so. remember four years ago, everybody's like, "2020 is gonna be our year," and then but the like, first week didn't who like it was bad. It was like the first week the everyone's first like week, war, yeah. The first, the first week, everything that was trending <laughs> was World War Three and COVID, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Well, didn't. Kobe didn't Kobe die? Yeah, Kobe died like yeah, right around it, my birthday. Yeah, it, yeah that's what I'm month. saying. It was like war and then death, and then before I knew it, my job was telling me not to come back into the yeah. office and to work from home. Yeah, and then, then, and that was the start of all this. That things. was that. Yeah. <laughs> so. so you know, there's optimism that it it's still trending upward. It is. You know? I think things are slowly getting better. And oddly enough, like I know a couple years ago, like I was like, there's no way we'll ever return to quote unquote normal whatever that is or usual whatever word is more palatable right now yeah but um i feel like we've somewhat gotten back to it i just feel like the economy is yeah like it's pretty bad and like i don't know how millennials are buying houses like what voodoo are you all doing because we over here struggling i don't know (laughs) we want to be know what you all are doing every time i see a millennial buy a house i'm like who'd you kill yeah <laughs> well like, more like happened? more like who died who died because yeah. somebody died well how did them. they die that's, well that's that's a question <laughs> uh, but no i just it's just so much happening but i'm hoping for everyone to have a year that was better than last year yeah that's, that's i think my if you year, if really. you strive for that you most likely will have a year better than your previous year Yep. Don't put too much on yourself. But yeah, yeah, all that to say that my week was okay. Just adjusting. Yeah. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, you know, making slight adjustments, like you mentioned, adjusting. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily even in big ways, but little adjustments to the schedule, to doing more to be present in the moment. Um, yeah. That's been really big for me personally. Uh, because I, I enjoy my time with the kids more because I'm home with the kids. Um, and I'm less stressed when I'm very present. So okay. for me, that has meant putting my phone in the other room, uh, using music video order to tell the time so I don't have to leave them alone. Um, things like that and adjusting my work schedule, my part-time work schedule to uh maximize my time with the kids because if i focus on one thing at a time i don't get as stressed which has been helpful so yeah my week was good what uh what irked your soul this week though so i don't mind people but people (laughs) irked my soul this week because i don't want to be too specific so i'm just gonna say people irked my soul this week like i i just don't understand i don't get it i do not get it like i don't understand how hard it is to just 
I mean, I do understand. I have a mental health issue. Like, I understand how hard it is to be rational. I'm, I was all, I was heightened all day today over mm-hmm. things that I shouldn't be. Yeah. So, like, I do know what it's like to, like, not be able to think rationally in a moment and just, like, just not be having, like, the best day. Mm-hmm. But some people, I feel like, purposely seek out just chaos. <laughs> just yeah. run, like they just want destruction some people and, like, just want to watch the world burn yeah i was like because i i just some people just i'm just like why 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 is this why is this happening why yeah <laughs> so that i don't like to say people but unfortunately in this case i, I will say that just people as a group as a collective urge my soul yeah so, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, on my end, uh, I- I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, and as someone who has experienced a layoff in the past, mm-hmm. uh, I'm fortunate in the sense that the company that I had worked for handled it about as well as you could have. Like yeah. They had resources willing to help me out, put in a good word. Um, you know, really emphasizing that it wasn't any of the work that I did. It was just the circumstances. But with all of the layoffs that have been going on, there was a video that made its rounds on LinkedIn, and I'm sure on other platforms as well, of this woman who had recorded herself as she was getting laid off. Uh, and what was interesting about it was it was, it was pretty impersonal. And there weren't really any specific straight answers given. And I understand that companies do layoffs. And sometimes they do them frequently. You know, business is business. I get that. But at the end of the day, having been through one, you're, you're dealing with a person's livelihood. You're dealing with part of a person's sense of identity. And... I think that there needs to be a bit more empathy and a bit more a bit more of a of a personalized approach to these sorts of things. Now I understand you've got liabilities and, and things like that, but having someone that that person has worked with on the call, I think would be beneficial. That's just my two cents. So that irked me a little bit. I don't know. Maybe you can come at it from a different angle. The whole recording itself, that has some ethical implications to it, yeah, obviously. I'm not about recording people without them knowing But the situation itself is mainly what I want to get into. No, no and that's fine. I, I, I've been fortunate to not have to experience that. Um, so I can't speak from experience because I don't have that experience. I don't know what that's like. Um I will say, like, it depends on the type of organization you're talking about, right? And it depends on the size of the organization. If this is a large Fortune 500, like, if this is a large company, your supervisor is not about to hop on that Zoom call to fire you or let you go. They just not. They're about to send HR because that's what they probably do. That's probably the protocol. But even if they could be present or have some kind of knowledge of it that they could communicate, even if they're just sending a Slack message like, hey, you know, uh, realize we had to do this, just wanted to wish you the best, whatever. Um, But the manager didn't even know that it was happening. 
But that's what I'm saying. You're making the assumption that the person that oversees that individual also isn't getting laid off or is aware of all the changes happening. Those decisions are most likely happening way far above their head. Right, but why can't the communication be tighter? Again, it's about the size of the company. Well, I don't care how big the company is. If you're that big of a company, you should have the resources to communicate effectively i think i'm sorry there's nothing worse than having to fire or lay someone off if i can not have to do that and send someone else to do it i'm gonna send someone else to do it that i just don't i wouldn't want to be the person having to do that i'm surprised that you don't want to work in for-profit world then (laughs) because that sounds very for-profit to say that well i just don't like hurting people right most layoffs are beyond that supervisor's control sure and so, like, it sucks for the supervisor to have to sit down and be like, so while you're a good worker, I have to let you go. Like, what else do you want them to say? Like, they can't really say too much. Like, that's really out no, of no. there. No, no, and like, I'm not saying they have to say anything, but to have them be present. Like, that's that's mainly the disconnect. Like, you're having two randos come in and Would it not hurt more to someone if, like, their supervisor or manager was present? And just was there but couldn't say much because like my th- my thing with this person's situation it's probably the protocol for legal reasons they yeah, probably that's send the thing. HR it's, it's for legal reasons, so even I'm if sure. her manager could have been there probably wouldn't have been able to say anything yeah I understand that I just the process irked my soul maybe it would never irk your soul but I don't know. I can as a person with anxiety the last thing I'd want to do was like not ruin someone's life but like know that i've deeply impacted well the the root of what gets me (laughs) is that if it's not this person's fault if the hr randos can't say why this person was let go then ultimately it's on the big company for over hiring and fucking up and if they're not gonna own that then well, why should that that per like why should the supervisor or manager have to take on that responsibility though? That's not that's on what them. I'm asking. No, no, that's fine. But then upper leadership needs to oh, have some, and that's the problem. That's <laughs> but see, what, that's, that's my different. Issue. If you're talking about the execs, then I agree. Yeah, but that they no don't. No consequences. They on can their make end. decisions without thinking about how the individuals get impacted. Yeah. But if you're talking about that poor supervisor or manager where the decision was way above their pay grade, and you want them to sit there and take on it all doesn't that even, weight, so I just want them to be in the loop. Like, why can't they be in the loop? Oh, I don't know. You talk to that company. Yeah. That's I feel all like I'm most supervisors know what's happening. That supervisor did not, and, and that irked my soul. And that is fair, and I that's on that company. I feel that they should do a better job at communicating. I will say when there's issues at places, I've only worked nonprofit, just for everyone else's information. I don't know what it's like to work for a for-profit. Um, but I feel like communication is struggles on both sides. Yeah. Especially the bigger the nonprofit, I feel like the worse the communication can be. But I will say my supervisor always, no matter who it was, let me know what was going on yeah and that's and that i did appreciate and i would do that too like i would want to give people a heads up but it would hurt me tremendously to have to sit someone down no i understand it's not fun for anyone but you know i think it's a it's a teachable moment and it's a learning experience um when the ceo responded it was pretty tone deaf um but you know, it's just a situation where I think especially larger companies can kind of take note, even though 
the recording was eh, like that's not yeah but anyway yeah. we have other things i to think discuss. that's a fair thing to be irked about and i think layoffs in general are a good thing like i understand why people would be irked about that like it's not fun and you're right like why hire that many people sometimes you can't predict what's gonna happen the pandemic really messed with a lot of companies well yeah more so i feel like nonprofits struggled the most but definitely you know for profits did too people aren't buying things people are struggling and so i can understand a situation coming to play where they now have to change things up and that might mean letting people go but i do understand the importance of communicating that yeah and maybe even like if you saw it coming maybe updating the employees like hey we are not doing well yeah <laughs> send out casual emails like that so that people can maybe be like mm, i gotta start looking yeah so, i yep. don't know i i really don't know how you would like how that conversation could be better especially in bigger companies and nonprofits where like there is a higher like the execs are kind of further removed from the people doing the work yeah i mean to be fair i worked for you know smaller it was like a startup uh, it was a decent size been around for a while yeah. um but you know i had a one-on-one -on -one with one of the executives and you know it was very cordial it was very empathetic and um you know i just think that if that company could do it then there have to be ways for larger companies too but having said that we are going to talk about everyone's favorite thing during the winter and very cold weather being outside <laughs> yeah um yeah being outside our, that's fine our nordic neighbors have developed what is it a challenge or a, a uh, guideline a thousand hours challenge thousand i think the overall challenge. purpose is to create more memories and experiences with your family and getting back outside mm -hmm. you know because we are a society now that spends a lot of time indoors yep. i think the whole point was to be able to go outdoors and just spend more time together i'm not gonna lie when i I say I see something like this either on Instagram or wherever else it's trending and be like, are you effing kidding me? Oh, and I'm not saying it's not great. I think that's great. If you have the means to be outside that much with your family, mm -hmm. good for you. Yep. Good for you. Yeah. I don't know what percentage of the <laughs> world's population that is. Some people, though, like... If you look at a country that is tropical but impoverished, yeah. they would look at something like the Thousand Hour Challenge and they'd be like, well, that's our whole lives, you know? That's true. Then, like, make it a 3,000 Hour Challenge, you know? I mean, uh, this challenge is coming from developed nations, it is. though. I yeah, think if it's true. a tropical impoverished, it's probably not developed. Oh, no. It's probably not... in the process, but... Do they say that, though, on the website? Like? developed nations only or no but i'm assuming this originated from a nation which we all do know this is true a nation that is fairly very well developed do you know which country developed it was it sweden norway i don't know Finland? did you do your research and I, figure I, it out? I didn't no i'm no. sorry <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know i know you i know we had saw that it was a nordic country i feel like sweden is where i'd put my money but um yeah, I mean, we're sitting in a room right now where we have 
four different screens up and aren't batting an eye about that like well you know while i understand and appreciate where the thousand hour challenge is coming from yeah um it's not entirely an awful thing to be inside when it's cold and let's face it there are some areas and some segments of the population that just simply cannot be outside or send their kids outside for that long yeah like if you have a backyard great but if you live in an urban environment that's i will say like i know there are tons of books and i think this is probably where you got like the nordic thing from that talk about the importance of outside and embracing nature Mm -hmm. um i did quickly look it up the person's from michigan just oh (laughs) shit no way do they have norse ancestry I don't know, but, like, the founder of the actual, like, I think, Thousand Hours Challenge, but the idea is not from her head. I know for a fact there were books out there that come from more of our European friends about kind of being outside and how important it is to be outside for a certain amount of time, especially as a child. It sounds like something we culturally appropriated. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going there. That's not what this podcast is about. (laughs) So... I think when I hear a challenge like that, sometimes it infuriates me because it is a privileged challenge. It is, yeah. You're asking me to be able to be outside with my kid anywhere from like three to six hours a day in order to meet this challenge. Yeah. And that's under the assumption that maybe I'm a stay-at-home parent. Mm -hmm. Or... Maybe we live somewhere where the weather isn't too harsh. Mm -hmm. So being outside that long wouldn't be the biggest problem. You're also then assuming that I'm near either a park or have a backyard or a front yard to take the children out to. Exactly. Which would eliminate a lot of people living in apartment buildings, especially Mm -hmm. in the city areas. Um, And so when I hear a challenge like that, I'm like, that's great, white woman. (laughs) (laughs) That you can sit down and tell me how long I need to be outside with my child. Tell me about your life and where you currently live. Do you live on a farm? Do you like, I just need to know the background behind why you think you can tell me how I'm supposed to be. Cause like full-time working parents, especially when both parents work full time. Yep. The only time that you really fully get to engage with your child is when work is over and before work starts and over the weekends and that's if you're fortunate enough to have off on the weekends Mm -hmm. and so i think the reason why i get upset is because there is enough going around to make a perfectly good parent feel like shit Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like this adds to that and i don't mean to call out like i think she is white but i don't mean to call out like white women (laughs) in general but just i feel like there's certain people out there who say things that make it seem like it's easy to do, who Mm -hmm. don't know what it's like to actually live a life where that is very hard to do. (laughs) And so my apologies to white women, 
when I said that, but I am kind of just mentioning things based on experience and what's been happening. <laughs> and she is white. So <laughs> just gonna point that out. But I just don't, I don't like things like that when it trends. Because then like, the thing is, you're supposed to still feel good if you fail it. Because it's like, oh, but you still made memories. So it's great. It's like, I would have made those same memories without the pressure. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's like, how come we just can't have some kind of thing that talks about the importance of being outside with your kid more that doesn't put such a standard that is hard to reach unless you are a certain type of person with a certain socioeconomic status and a certain skin tone and a certain like the, it really comes down to like where you need to be <laughs> on this chart in order to be able to do this yeah um i just i don't understand i guess how this challenge enriches us no i understand why like going outside is important i understand the like brings us together foundation of it like i, no, get, I get the that. understanding just, yeah. i guess i don't fully understand what the end goal yeah yeah it's supposed I get you. to be yeah i mean like how is that child who has a thousand hours outside different from the child whose parents tried every chance they have to spend time with that child even if it wasn't outside? Yeah, I mean there right? really like, isn't one. I need to know like I mean anytime like, <laughs> like are we again, I just feel like it's almost like parent shaming again. Yeah. Like I do I will I will acknowledge the fact that it the whole brand of it is supposed to be like even if you fail it's it's good you got to do you got to do this this and that but failing never feels good no anytime you put an arbitrary number or statistic and you're not a doctor yeah i feel like it's you know it's not a healthy thing to aspire to yeah now if doctors were like this makes you live 10 years longer if you spend x number of hours with your kids it'll get them higher you know uh, higher health, a cleaner bill of health moving forward. Well, then, yeah, that's different. But if it's just this arbitrary thing yeah. that was thrown up by this person, then, yeah, that's going to cause some friction. Anytime you have something and you say, everybody would benefit from doing this, well, is that really the case? Because it's a complex multi-layered world that we live in and that's rarely the case yeah i guess i would i would rather see something out there that just promotes the importance of being able to spend time as a family yeah together no matter how many hours it equates to as long as there's efforts made to be with your family to mm -hmm. be with your child sometimes you know going outside isn't the like again it doesn't take into account <laughs> different situations like certain areas going outside is not the best option mm -hmm. and for someone who lives in michigan that's yeah. all i gotta say yeah you clearly don't live in the area of michigan <laughs> that would most likely agree with what i'm saying right now like there's just like i don't know there's so many layers that i feel like gets ignored on purpose because no one wants to talk about it yeah Honestly, you know, 
I said at the beginning, for me at least, it's all about being present with the kids. And I follow this Instagram dad. I think it's called the Tired Dad. I don't remember what his actual name is. But his whole thing is show up. Yeah. You know, and people make fun of that. Yeah. They're like, no, you need to be showing up. That's weak. You need to be doing way more. But it's like, but at the that, end of the sometimes day. Sometimes that's all that's, a parent yeah, can do. That's all you and, can do. And, and that's what's so frustrating about these kind of things. Yeah. About all the parent shaming. And like, if you have the ability. Because like, again, I'm not going to knock this challenge. If you have the ability to be outside that often with your child. Good for you, because that means you're in a situation where you have the freedom to do that. And that is awesome. And I am going to applaud you for that, because I think that's great. I will say, I feel like on average, that's not the case (laughs) for a lot of other people, where we get to say that we have that time and the space and the freedom, and we're just like not encountering barriers to do that. I feel like that's not... I don't know, I guess, how usual or normal that is. Like, I feel like people encounter way more barriers than what is actually talked about. I mean, you know, the way I grew up, like, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And so I don't have a ton of memories from ages birth through four, obviously, Mm -hmm. before I started going to school. But I have vague recollections and photos of playing in a sandbox, playing in the, it wasn't really a backyard, it was more of a side yard, but playing in a yard, Uh, jumping into a pile of leaves, going for walks down to the meat market, and to Food Town, which was downtown at the time where we lived. Um, Like, I have memories of that, I have memories of helping garden and plant like carrots and things like that um none of them are overwhelming memories and none of them are really distinctive and none of them really involved any bonding emotionally that i felt with either of my parents uh, mainly my mom who was there at the time so i got a fair amount of outside time i think um and you know i don't have many recollections of it yeah i i mean i grew up in like a city-ish area where like you you can't be outside after a certain time (laughs) so um i didn't grow up too far from um michigan Mm -hmm. miss founder and i can just say that that wasn't something that i could do often my mom worked full-time she was also a single mother Mm -hmm. and so like i when you don't have a babysitter you can't be going outside because anything can happen to you Mm -hmm. so i did spend i feel like probably more time indoors than you probably did because of that but i feel like in ways there are things about life that i understand and know more and i have a lot of experience and I feel like I'm a fairly well-rounded person despite not having as much time outside as you had yeah. and I can 
and I value outside time. When I was outside, I loved it. Like being able to play, going to the park. I loved like time to go outside at school. Like recess was fun for me. I loved going outside. I love well, going outside now. There's the difference. I valued outside time more in the context of school or sports. Okay. Than I did home. Yeah. I was that kid that when I did get to go outside, I would create anything that I could possibly think of. I had a bakery. I made mud pies. Like, I I loved being outside when I could go outside because I knew that that wasn't something I could always do. So I appreciated that time, I think, a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it made a huge difference. Now, I'm also, like, I did not go to school for education and things like that so i'm not sure what the impact was if there was much of a difference between you as someone who got to be outside a lot just from your mom home kind of being home and playing a lot of sports and me who got to be outside probably just normal amount of time um i don't think i spent more than a couple of hours outside and that wasn't even every day Mm -hmm. but i still feel like i turned out just fine i guess i don't like it's almost like those doomsday things like the moms who are just like, how dare you not breastfeed your child? And like, that's, that's what this is, right? Yeah. That's what this is. It's like, oh, you rather give your child this and take them outside and like expose them to fun, unstructured play. They can have that inside the house. Thank you very much. I've seen that plenty inside the house. Yeah, I I just kind of get that same vibe from this that I get from like the whole breast milk versus formula, yeah, debate, and just all of those like constant like baby led weaning versus food from a jar it's like who gives a flying (laughs) like i don't care is that baby fed at the end that's all that matters is that kid having fun is that kid playing whether it's blocks inside the house or effing bricks outside what is the difference is that kid enjoying themselves in that time with that individual that they are with and yeah. that's what I think should be more valued. It's just the time that's spent when the time can be spent. Yeah. Versus kind of almost shaming, but not outrightly shaming people for not getting their kids outside. At the end of the day, if you love your kids and you tell them that and you show them that, and you care about being the best version of yourself you can be for them you're doing more right than 90 percent of people probably that's a statistic i'm clearly pulling out of my ass but i guess like kind of what you're saying is what i want to say like it doesn't matter if you can't get your kid outside a thousand hours a year all that matters is that you were able to find that time And that child has memories of you and them having time together. Time where it's, it's, you are focused on them. Yeah. There's, um, we do a lot of, what is it? Big little feelings. Yeah. Big little feelings. They talked about like that uninterrupted 10 minutes. Yep. And the reason why I prefer something like big little feelings over Jenny over at a thousand hours. (laughs) It's because it's backed by science. It's not, I mean, she's educated, but like, I do. Prefer, Jenny? Yeah. Like, From, she, she has a master's in education. Like, I will acknowledge that. Like, she's educated, but she's also a mom who homeschooled all of her children. Yeah. And that, again, that's a privilege. That's, that's a subset 
of, of a population. <laughs> yes, that's not, that know. is a privilege. I would want to get my kids out of the house too if I was at home with them all day. Just kidding. <laughs> Let's not go there. No, I'm just saying like that is a privilege to be able to homeschool your kids. Like that is a decision where you and your partner can be like, yeah, you can actually stay home and homeschool your kids because we're fine. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can do that. That's not a choice. And nope. again, it might be easier for a person who stays at home to do that. Yep. So I just want parents to know that you have to understand the whole situation. Don't be listening to all these other parents out here making you feel bad. Because yeah, no. like at the end of the day, everyone's life is different. Yep. Your kid will still love you and value that time with you. Rather, it's in the house where you feel maybe it's the most safest to be or rather it's outside because you have the ability to be outside more often. Mm-hmm. I think just worry about what's best for you and your child yeah. and kind of get rid of all these people saying this and that. I will 100% tell people to follow big little feelings because I think mm-hmm. they don't parent shame and yeah. that feels good to be able to like, oh, they struggle too. Yeah. And they admit that they had to give their kid an iPad because, you know what, it was just one of those damn days. And, like, I can appreciate that and relate to that more than someone kind of preaching at me that I need to get my kid outside for four to six hours a day. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm also supposed to work eight hours a day, as is my spouse. And then I'm also got to cook and clean and do all these things. Like, I can get them outside, but not for four to six hours a day. No. I don't know who you talk to. <laughs> like, it ain't happening. Yeah. And also, we don't have a backyard. Nope. We barely have a front yard. Yeah. Where are we taking them? We got to take them to a park. So that mm-hmm. means great. And everyone can get in a car. <laughs> and I'm not saying, like, we can't do it. We can do it. We but do. it is an inconvenience at times because we aren't just, like, like we have to plan things like that. We can't mm-hmm. just go outside and go for a walk to the park or jump in the car and go for a walk in the park. Luckily, we are privileged to say we have a car to go to a park, but not everyone can say that. So again, I just don't want parents feeling shamed. No, and a lot of that's just, you know, using your common sense on social media. You know, if you feel like someone's content is judgy, just tune it out. The best you can. I know it's hard sometimes when it starts showing up everywhere. But and I'm also like I said, I'm not dissing the thousand hours either. I think, like I said earlier, if you have the privilege to do that, that's great. Do that. I think that's awesome. But I I want to acknowledge that that's not everyone's normal. No, that's not everyone's life. Rather, you're here in the United States or you're in another country. That's not something that everyone can actually do. And I feel like more people would agree with that than those who would agree with the ability to be able to go outside for a thousand hours. Yep, absolutely. Do your best. That's, that's honestly, all you gotta do do your best that's all all i hope with us and our kids is that you know we're able to form those memories when we can and uh kids see it i feel know. like they see when you're trying your best yeah and i think that's all you have to remember is yep. that they do know if you're trying and you're doing the best that you can with the resources you have as we started this podcast with the economy is not great Mm -hmm. and not everyone's in a place to be able to do things like that and i just want everyone to know that you're doing the best that you can Mm -hmm. have a great year as a parent find the time that works for you to be with your kids and have those memories even if it's only 10 minutes yep if it's 10 10 minutes minutes of uninterrupted time they will remember it Mm -hmm. i think try to cherish and hold on to those moments too because apparently we're not talking about those and we need to talk about those moments more yep well said Got a good toddler quote today. You were 
stretching at the dinner table. <laughs> which no, you do so sometimes. First, first, no, let's put count. <laughs> I wasn't like doing full blown stretches. No, I just kind of like put my arms in the air yeah. a little bit, like just to stretch out. And yeah, that's yeah. what I was doing. I wasn't like doing like downward dog lunges, yoga poses and <laughs> lunges and well, stuff. Well, our oldest noticed, and he goes, "You, you stretching, like a pig." <laughs> And the only thing I can think of as to why that was said is because Peppa Pig or George stretched on Peppa Pig at one point. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Like, I take him to farms, but I don't remember seeing pigs stretch. No. Pigs? I don't know. I don't know where he would have seen that, but that's what... I'm not going to lie and say I wasn't insulted, because I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did he just call me pig? <laughs> I was like... I know I ate a lot of food, but jeez. <laughs> but no, I don't know where he got that. He, you know what? You gotta love kids. They come up with very interesting things. <laughs> but yes, apparently I was stretching. Like a pig. Like a pig. <laughs> oh, that is our show for the week. Follow us on the gram at Mike in Bed. I, I promise we'll post this month. Um, and uh, LinkedIn as well. <laughs> Notice I didn't say anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. Take care.